This is Illum Talks brought to you by Illum LifeWorks, and I'm your host, Gretchen Ocasio. In American culture, we have evolved to have an unhealthy relationship with how we process the transition into death. I want us to shift the conversation and how we approach this life-to-death transition. I want the Gen X, the Gen Y, the Gen Z, and the Millennials, the new generations to start talking and start shifting. We need to do this for our quality of life. We need to do this for our environment. And we need to do this for our loved ones and for our own legacy. Hello and welcome. I am so glad you have arrived here to take part in this important conversation. This is our first podcast and an important one. Let's begin. In Western culture, and more specifically in American culture, we have evolved to have an unhealthy relationship with how we process the transition into death. We have found ourselves in a two-stage process in dealing with death. We are first in avoidance until something happens to us or someone close to us and it jerks us into crisis mode. We are either in avoidance or in crisis. I mean, just think about it. How many of us really think about death every day? How many of us have a natural and easy conversation about death, our death, another's death, or a past death of someone? Usually, if the thought or question comes up, we uncomfortably navigate through it until we find the nearest exit. Or we keep it surface level and avoid going deep in thought or discussion. The less we think or discuss it, the less likely we have to come to terms with its reality and the more we can go on about our everyday lives. And then suddenly you don't have a choice. Someone you know, or perhaps you are faced with either a sudden death or a terminal illness. And you are now in crisis. Your everyday life is completely interrupted. Your previous avoidance approach has left you unprepared to manage through it. You're dizzy, you're unfocused, you're emotional. Where do you start and how do you comfort someone? What do you legally need to do? What do you medically need to do? And how do you communicate with others? Is there a timeline? Is there an order to all of this? The answers are there, but you are in crisis mode, survival mode. And in that mode, you have trouble, as most people do, making decisions and being logical and evaluating and understanding all of your options. And the crisis can last for longer than it needs to weighing on your health, your family, and your job. You're in avoidance, and then you're in crisis. This unhealthy relationship has been fueled by exceptional science and medicine and very organized and regulated practices of dealing with our loved one's bodies. I know that sounds strange because science and medicine are amazing and can do miraculous things. The funeral business certainly has a place for some people and provides helpful services. But they all do one thing. They alter the relationship we have with the life-to-death transition, and it removes us from the healthy practice of understanding and processing our mortality outside of crisis mode. 
We don't ever have to think about our mortality and death until the moment it comes because these services handle it for us. And who wants to think about death? These services have evolved because we think about death as a scary thing. We think about death as something that interrupts our lives and steals our happiness. And it sends us into a spiral of grief. We think of death as gruesome and gross and dark. Death is scary and ugly. And of course, we want our medical professionals to do everything they can to cheat death. And when death does come, we want the funeral industry to take on the burden of dealing with it. Because we do get sent into that spiral of grief. And in that spiral of grief, it is so hard to figure out what to do for our loved ones. How do we say goodbye? How do we organize everything? How do we make legal decisions? How do we tell others? And how do we celebrate and honor them or ourselves? When we haven't had to think about death and we haven't had to ever process it or plan for it, these things land on us in the heaviest way during our time of crisis. It's no wonder that in America, losing a loved one or dealing with grief sends people into years of depression, difficulty in keeping their job, waves of impact that causes divorce, and it sends some people over the brink into an addiction or a relapse. None of this is healthy grief. And it is all because we are unprepared. Our relationship with mortality and death sneaks up on us. And we are unprepared. I want to take a moment to introduce myself and how I arrived on this journey. I'm an ex-software executive. In the tech world, my life has always taken me away from the human connection that I always wanted and into science and business and process so that I could make a living. I had a very successful career and throughout this career, periodically, I've been jolted back to the human connection part of my life by death. Those interruptions seem to have been a recurring lesson that I needed to learn in my life. The connection to death is what was giving me greater human connection in my life. Let me state that again. The connection to death is what was giving me greater human connection in my life. But at the same time, I was seeing our response to a loved one's death create a crisis every time a crisis that was destroying a part of them or me in some way. And I couldn't help but wonder if there was a better way for us to approach this. Did we always need to be so surprised and devastated when it happened? Could we be more planful to ease the devastation? Could we understand the process better so that the fear and the pain would not be so severe? Could we know our loved ones better so that we know how to honor them in the best way and facilitate our own healthy grieving process. I've witnessed and supported loved ones around me go through a crisis grief spiral. These struggles lasted for years. I mean years. And they were different situations. One person close to me had a very unexpected death in their family. Another one was a long process over three years where their loved one fought and lost the battle to a terminal illness. 
But in both of these situations, I saw each of these strong and thoughtful individuals completely break down. They were in survival mode for years and could barely live their own lives. They had strong support systems, but the devastation from the crisis that they faced was beyond what the support system could solve for. It was so heartbreaking to see so much of their own time lost to the death of a loved one. I couldn't help wonder because of this, if our mortality and death was something that we had in the forefront of our minds and there were acceptable conversations to have in our culture, would their pain have been eased through this process? Would they have been better prepared to celebrate and have a healthy grief instead of being so devastated for years? It is for them and for everyone around me that I love that I am taking this journey, a journey to make a shift in our culture, to educate, to discuss, and to bring light to our mortality. We can do this in a better way. There is a country, Bhutan, that was once considered one of the happiest countries in the world. The people in that country were known to think about their mortality and death up to five times a day. How can they think about it that much and be so happy? The answer is this. They have a relationship with mortality that drives them to fulfill their life every day. They approach their life with vigor and contentment, knowing that they, we, are mortal. And with that approach, when death does come, it is expected. It is part of life. It is not disrupting them. It is not sending them into crisis because they understand it. There is a great article that's published by the BBC on this, and I've included that link in the podcast notes. So here is where I share my vision for this podcast. I want us to shift the conversation in America and how we approach the life to death transition. I don't want this to be a conversation for just the older generations and those that are suddenly dealing with a hospice situation. Of course, all generations are welcome to this conversation. We certainly do need the wisdom of the older generations to help us through this shift. But I want the Gen Z, the Gen Y, the Gen X generations, the millennials, the new generations to start talking and to start shifting. We need to do this for our quality of life. We need to do this for our loved ones. We need to do this for the environment and we need to do this for our legacy. You may think that we're all too young to have to think about this and plan for it. We have our lives ahead of us and who wants to think about death while we are trying to live our best lives. But let me share some statistics with you. Mortality and planning for our end of life transition is not a task and a problem that is just for the older generations. The National Center for Health Statistics has reported that the death rate for 15 to 24 year olds is one out of every 1,000. For 25 to 34 year olds, it's almost two out of every 1,000. And for the 35 to 40 year olds, it's three out of every 1,000. Now I'm sure you've all been to a concert where there are tens of thousands of people in attendance. And for every concert that you attend, think about it, it's a couple handfuls of those people that leave the world in this year. 
Do those numbers surprise you? They surprised me when I read them. Those numbers are not insignificant. Our mortality is something that we need to think about and consider now. Thank you for joining me today and thank you for sharing this conversation with me. I hope that together in these podcasts, we will start to see a shift and we will find a solution to this gap in our relationship with mortality so that we can have a more meaningful life and we can better honor each other when our time comes. For more conversation, connection, and tools, please visit illumlifeworks.com. Until next time. All content, artwork, surface marks, and trademarks in this podcast are property of and copyright protected by Illum Lifeworks, LLC.